All right, good to see everyone. Wow, what a beautiful day. Just want to take it in. Um, well, today, I have to say before I get into this message, it's so much more fun preaching outside than inside. It's just fun to be, hallelujah! You know, it just kind of goes. You would hate me if I did that indoors, you know. Um, So yeah, today we are going to continue our series called Love Letters, Love Letters to the City. And it seems appropriate, since it's Mother's Day, that today's letter would go out to the many suffering moms in and around our city who struggle to make it through every single day. I especially have in mind uh, single moms who feel far from God and who also have very little support from friends and family. Uh, Some moms are technically married but are raising kids alone because their husbands are in prison or never around. Some mothers live with abusive husbands, which is probably the most difficult situation of all. Some are hiding this morning in safe houses and others are at homeless shelters with their children. This letter goes out to all you moms who are feeling crushed under the weight of a heavy burden. The Lord God sees your pain, and is moved with compassion when he thinks of you. It is true that a great many uh, single moms in greater providence suffer because of lack of resources. Financial poverty can be a relentless source of anguish for moms, but there is something worse than financial poverty that I've seen crush many moms. And it's when one of their children falls into bad company and becomes entangled in addiction or violence or crime or whatever. I've had many conversations with with moms through the years, tears rolling down their face, just feeling that concern. Nothing breaks the heart of a mother more than this. There are thousands of mothers in the neighborhoods surrounding us who woke up today on Mother's Day and the first thought on their mind was one of anguished concern over one of their wayward children. It's a burden that they carry. Since I started uh, pastoring in Providence in the early 2000s, I've had, I've had a lot of conversations with with moms, just in the city, in the neighborhood, sometimes in the church, uh, just doing different outreaches. And I've noticed there's a lot of single moms in the city. The majority of them believe in God, but for one reason or another have not found a close relationship with Christ and have not found close relationships in a church. 
For many of these moms, church environments can be pretty uncomfortable. Uh, they look around and see, at least from their perspective, uh, all of these perfect little families, and it makes them, makes them feel shame. What makes it even more difficult is that many single moms have children with multiple men. They've spent many of their years living in sin. Uh, they don't know much about the Bible and church protocol. They often perceive Christians as really good uh, people, and they just feel shame around them. And for these reasons, many of these moms are convinced that they don't belong in church. And I've met a lot of moms who tried going to church for a while, but had such a bad experience that they, they just pulled away. You know, they went to church looking for uh, encouragement, but instead they got condemnation and judgment. Their exhausting lifestyle Raising several children on their own uh, left very little time and energy and money to invest in the church. Uh, so the pressure in church culture to be totally devoted to the church uh, sort of piled on more shame and caused them to pull away. There are other reasons that could be mentioned that have caused suffering moms to push away from God and the church, and it's heartbreaking just thinking about all of this. Um, it's hard enough being a mom, <laughs> hard enough being a single mom, and then on top of it, all these other burdens are added. So I speak to these moms and say, some of you have been let down by the father of your children. You've been let down by friends and family who pulled away from you because of your financial struggles. You have been let down by the government. You've been let down by the church people. And perhaps deep down you feel let down by God himself. Sometimes at night after the kids are asleep, you drench your pillow with tears, wondering if anyone cares that you are carrying such a heavy burden. So I say, dear mother in anguish, the Lord God loves you with an everlasting love. He sees your suffering and he hears every groan of your heart. Jesus comes not to condemn or to cast stones at you, but he comes to show mercy. He invites you who are weary and heavy laden to come to him and to find a rest for your soul. He sees the burden you carry daily and he wants to walk with you and carry your load for you. Your creator doesn't want you to live in shame or to be distant from him. The Lord wants to be your support and your provider. He wants to be your comfort. Someone you can just sit with and pour your heart out to. God is a, a God who listens. He's never in a hurry. He sits with us, listens to our heart, wipes away our tears. He wants to take our lives, as broken as they may be, and turn them into something wonderful, into something beautiful. 
That's what God does. That's what redemption is all about. God loves, in fact, I would say he specializes in taking uh, some of the most broken people and pulling them close to himself and putting their lives together in such a way that it makes uh, something beautiful. I also want to encourage you that there are many churches full of loving, humble people who will welcome you with open arms. Now, I'm not saying all churches are wonderful. Uh, Some churches can be pretty self-righteous. They can look down on people. Uh, Some churches can even be toxic. And it usually doesn't take long to kind of figure out uh, what a church is about just by being a part of it a little bit. You can sort of feel the, the vibe. And you can tell that some, some churches don't uh, reflect the heart of Jesus. But the best churches are the ones with people who understand that we are all sinful, broken people. Can I get an amen on that? (laughs) Anybody who's not sinful and broken, stand up, you know? (laughs) We're We're all works in progress. And though it may seem like church people have always lived good lives or whatever, or perfect. Most have not lived perfect lives. Uh, Some people in the best churches have done time in prison. They've been addicted to drugs. They've committed crimes. They've been terrible parents at times. Uh, They may have financial debt. They struggle with anger. They're divorced. They've had children out of wedlock. They've lost custody of their children even. They have mental illness. We could keep going with the problems that you find in churches. And it's not just a Renaissance church, but it's, it's all churches. It's churches in the city and it's churches in the suburb. Uh, make no mistake about it. I have a lot of pastor friends and, and we, we get together and we talk about uh, some of the struggles and problems of people in the churches that cause us to uh, lose sleep at night. So behind the happy faces and nice clothing of church people, you'll find men and women who struggle in many of the same ways you do. The church is more like a hospital full of sick people than it is an art museum full of finished masterpieces. As I said, we're all in the process of becoming what God wants us to become. Maybe you aren't convinced that God and God's people love you and want you to be part of the family. And I I understand that feeling. It's what shame does. I had a lot of shame when... I first started inching toward God. I actually had so much shame, I wouldn't even go near a church. I was convinced that because of all the sinful things I had done, uh, 
in my life that God did not want me. And it was easy to believe that because there wasn't much about myself that I liked, never mind that God would like. I just felt gross and dirty. I was so ashamed of things I had done that I couldn't even bear the thought of facing God. But what I didn't understand was that the Lord God is a merciful God and a kind and gracious God, and He's a Savior. He's the God of redemption. And I just didn't realize that in God's eyes, everyone is a sinner. In fact, compared to God and his holiness and perfection, even the best amongst us are dirty. There's no one good. And that's why Jesus came into the world. He came to die for our sins. He came to give his life in our stead. You know, we're guilty, we're sinful, we're, you know, carrying this shame, this guilt upon us. Uh, But he comes and takes all of that and puts it upon himself and was crucified on a cross so that we could be free, so that we could be righteous, so that we could be the children of God. It's a free gift. Nobody earns. I think that's the problem often with church culture and religion in general is that it just puts more of a burden. You know, people kind of step into, okay, I'm going to give God a try. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to try religion. And they kind of step toward it with their enormous burden of guilt and shame and sin. And religion just puts more of a burden on people and crushes them down into the ground. But that's what's so beautiful about the message of Jesus. He doesn't do that. He actually takes our burden and puts it on himself and sets us free and forgives us. He doesn't say you have to earn anything. He just gives you the free gift of himself. He came to take our shame upon himself so that we could be totally clear of all guilt. And this invitation of mercy is to you. You don't have to walk through life alone. The Lord will be your God, your father, your husband, your friend, your everything. He will never let you go and he will never leave you when you place your trust in him. I've seen at times through the years the just powerful, visible display of God's love for mothers, for suffering mothers in our city. When our church was located not too far from here, kind of on the other side of the South End in the Elmwood neighborhood, Res Triangle, We were partnering a lot with the Elmwood Community Center 
getting to know a lot of the single moms in need in the neighborhood. We also connected with a, a small shelter in the city that housed uh, moms who were experiencing homelessness. Christmas was coming one year, and we wanted to do something special. So uh, because my wife is a photographer, I asked her if she'd take professional portraits of the moms with their kids, because that can be quite expensive, and we just thought that'd be a nice gift uh, for Christmas. The moms love their kids so much, and it would just be a special thing to give them a picture framed. And so my wife, of course, agreed. Not that I gave her a choice. No, she, she gladly agreed to do that. And as we began to think about the logistics, we realized that uh, the moms would have to wait in line with their kids and, you know, to get the pictures done because portraits can take a while. Uh, so we thought maybe we should have some cookies for the families while they wait in line. It's a good idea. Someone offered to bake cookies. I'm not sure exactly how this all unfolded or the order of things, but the small idea was like a small snowball rolling down a hill getting larger and larger. Several people in the church offered to do crafts for the kids. And a few others created a room full of games. Several people offered to do hair and makeup for the mothers and the older daughters uh, before getting their pictures taken. One of the young adult girls in the church had a connection with several high-end uh, used clothing stores around the state and got a boatload <laughs> of clothes donated. And you may think the word boatload is an exaggeration, but it's, real, it's really not. She filled about a third of the sanctuary with clothes, even with the racks and everything. I don't even know where she got all this stuff. It was amazing. It was like a clothing store. And each mom was able to drag home a just huge clear plastic bag. It was just like what you would have like a king-size mattress in. Uh, they couldn't even carry them. They had a handle, but they were just dragging them uh, to their car. It was awesome. The kids played games and did crafts while the moms sorted through the clothes. And because the event had so many elements, we realized uh, it's going to take some time. We probably should just feed everyone dinner. So a couple in the church who were both culinary professors at Johnson & Wales offered to create a menu and prep the food. They even uh, brought some of their students to help serve. They made a delicious meal. And because the meal was so nice, another team of people went crazy making the sanctuary look like a fancy restaurant with tablecloths and, of course, string lights and a gorgeous uh, table setting. The owners of Bolt Coffee attended the church at the time and graciously brought their portable coffee cart and made cappuccinos for people. Um, it was wonderful. Musicians played dinner music. We hosted about 25, I think a little over 25 moms and over 70 children for this Christmas extravaganza. The aim was to find 25 single moms who really needed help at Christmas time. Most of the moms were not, a were not church attenders and didn't have a close relationship with God. Uh, some really had no faith experience at all. 
Um, so to give it a personal touch, we decided that uh, we would go and visit each of the moms just to kind of set them at ease and walk them through what the event was going to be like. Uh, so I went over with uh, one of my uh, staff, uh, a couple of the pastors went over and just sat with a mom, met the kids, found out what the kids wanted for Christmas, um, and just kind of felt out where they were at spiritually and if they'd be comfortable with, you know, with, with this whole event. Not that we, it was going to be, we didn't like preach at them or anything like that, but we, we did want to pray for the, for the moms. Um, and they were all comfortable with that. But we just wanted to kind of get to know them before we uh, just had them come to this thing. So that was an experience in itself. Well, when we started learning about what the kids wanted for Christmas, man, okay, we realized we got we to gotta raise some money. Quick. <laughs> so we decided to uh, designate a particular Sunday morning uh, offering toward the gifts for the kids. I mean, uh, the, it was crazy offering that came in. It was like so much money. We were able to uh, spend at least $70 for each of the 70 kids. Plus we got gifts for the moms. Plus, you know, all the, the whole event and the food and all the cost of everything. And uh, plus we gave cash and gift cards to the mom moms. It was pretty awesome. Local businesses, because we'd be in different places and, you know, we'd be buying like 70 of something and they'd be like, what, are, what is this all about? We'd start telling them about it. And we just had so many cool opportunities to share um, kind of what God was doing for these single moms in the city. Uh, one example is Charlie, the owner of Coffee Exchange, was so excited about this uh, idea that he gave $40 gift cards to each of the moms. That's pretty awesome. But I asked each of the moms if they'd be comfortable allowing me to uh, pray for them, so I just wanted to make sure that they were okay with that, and all of them agreed, and so one by one at this event, each family came into my office, and we prayed that God's love would be showered out upon them at Christmas, and many of the moms had tears streaming down their face as they felt the presence of God. And I'm sharing this story to, to say that God and many of God's people care deeply about moms who are feeling beaten down by life. You may feel alone, but there are people who genuinely care and who pray for you constantly. The Lord God really wants you to be part of his family. He doesn't just want to forgive you and have you live distant from him and continue to be burdened. He actually wants to pull you close and walk with you. He wants to pour out abundant blessings upon you. Again, as I said before, none of us are worthy of this. We don't deserve the kindness of the Savior. Nobody does. But this is what grace is all about. God chooses the poor, the broken, the sinful things of this world. He even chooses the, the people who society has written off. And he crowns them with his loving kindness. 
He longs to lavish his goodness upon you, mothers. Open your heart wide and let him. Amen. So I'd like to end this service this morning on Mother's Day. I'm going to have you stand in a moment, but I'd like us just to pray for the moms all around who are, many of them are crying themselves to sleep. Many of them don't know how they're going to make it through financially or otherwise. Uh, There's many moms that do not have good support systems. Can we just take up their cause and cry out to the God who can do anything, right? Our God is able to lift people out of the, the ashes and to put strength into them. So I want to ask you to stand up and we're going to pray together if you're able to stand. Lord, we know that not a hair falls from our head (laughs) that you don't see, uh, not a bird falls to the ground that you don't notice. Lord, there are no moms in this city that you're not paying attention to. You you see every single one of them. You you see what they're carrying. You, you, You understand their particular suffering. They don't even have to explain their burden to you because you understand it perfectly. Father, I pray that on this Mother's Day that you would go into houses and apartments and homeless shelters for families this morning or wherever suffering moms may be, and I pray that you would shower out your loving kindness upon them. No, there's something about the presence of God. There's something about that love, that tangible love of God that just penetrates into the deepest part of who we are and transforms us. Lord, I pray for them, God, that they would have a transformation from the inside out, God. I pray that you wouldn't just give them a support system and you wouldn't just give them more uh, finance, more money, more stuff. God, that's great. They need that. They need to feed their children. But Lord, we pray that you would put joy in their hearts. We pray that they would be filled with the love of God. And Lord, we pray that you would set them in families, especially those who feel cut off from support. Set them in this church. Set them in other churches around this city, God, that are healthy and full of love. Lord, let the churches be overflowing, God, with single moms. Lord, pour out your spirit today upon each and every one of them. Love them. I pray for the children, Lord. I pray that 
uh, you would draw them close. I pray that they would be filled too with the Spirit, Lord, that they would um, honor their mother on this Mother's Day and every other day of the year. Lord, pour out your love upon these, these families. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, I pray lastly that you'd give us your ideas and your wisdom for 2021 and how you want us to support single moms in the city and suffering moms. I pray that you would give us your plans. Lord, we're willing. We remember this kind of Christmas event that we did. We're willing to do that again or some other kind of thing. Lord, just show us your ideas. Help us not to be closed off uh, to what you want us to do. Lord, help us not to be afraid to work. Um, Give us a mind to work for the sake of people around us, whether single moms or widows or artists or the homeless or refugees. Uh, Lord, there's just so many people around us in need. So Lord, may we be a church filled with compassion. And not just that we sit around and cry, but Lord, that we would roll up our sleeves and do stuff for the good of the city. That we would roll up our sleeves and go into all the world and bring this life-changing message of Jesus to as many people as we can. Use us, Lord, as people often say, you know, may we be your hands and your feet in this day. Let me pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening this morning. Uh, God bless everyone.